You're very welcome to today's episode of Skin Deep by Karina Tilden. I have with me today an incredible lady that only really came into my perimeter maybe about a month ago, if even maybe two, three weeks ago, over the period of the pandemic. And what this lady has done for for skin, for skin cancer, for skin cancer awareness over this very, very short period of time has been incredible. So I had to ask her, of course, to join me on my podcast where we could discuss this further. Mags Murphy, you are very welcome to today's episode and thank you so much for not only your time this evening, but for all you have done over the last few weeks. So let's just go right back to the beginning because we're going to assume that maybe a lot of people aren't even sure what I'm referring to. So you noticed a good few years ago now, some changes on your skin. Tell us about that and how that was for you. Yeah, you know I lived in Greece for 13 years. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in Greece for 13 years. So uh, I always had really dry skin on my face anyway. like, And I'm not a big, I wouldn't say I'm a big, you know, baby lotion would have been my stable thing in my uh, press. You know, that's my moisturizer. Your moisturizer, of course. Yeah. So I did wear SPF. But like, so I would say, I I would have been there for, say, two weeks, and I'd bring in the tan for slowly. But then once I got the tan, I thought that my skin was protected, so I would have went down to the oils, and then the oils were my thing. Like I wouldn't have had factor fifty, factor thirty, just only for my nose maybe. But the rest was oil because I didn't burn anymore. So I obviously thought my skin was being protected because I wasn't burning. Mm-hmm. But I had these three little dots. Yeah, I'm trying to think how long ago, so that was 13 years. Old. So that would have been 16 years ago, okay, mm-hmm. that that started. But I always had dry skin. like So the way they start was they came along, like, and I could actually sort of pick them off for years, and they would go away, like just like a dry patch on your thing. But then as the years went on, like say it was about year seven, they sort of became like um, – you know, when you get a wart and it has like cells, roots in it kind of. So they weren't going away, like they were there all the time. But because they were under, like my hair is split to the side. So because they were on my forehead, I sort of, I just, I let them go for ages because I could hide them. Like had they been on the end of my nose or something, like I probably would have been a different story. But I came home to Ireland then after about seven years when I had them. And I decided I'd go and see a dermatologist. And he was about 80. And he told me I had psoriasis. So the best thing for psoriasis, is what they say, is to go out in the sun. Sure, then a couple of years later, I was was just putting it down to psoriasis. I'm nothing wrong to psoriasis. And I'd say it could have been another three years after that. They felt like blisters all the time on my head. You know, I I was always aware that they were on my head. But you know the tingle you get when you get in a cold sore, you're you're constantly aware that it's there. So um, I came back to live here then and I went to a doctor, just like a pre-macare, it was not my own doctor. And um, she said that what she thought it was, was acne keratosis. So she said she was going to send a referral in to James's. But she said it could take 18 months to two years. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh sure, I've had it this long, I might as well wait on that appointment. So it must have been, it was over the two year stage when I had gone back to her again, like, cause this time they were really, they were red, like a knock going away. And, um, she said, you didn't get an appointment yet. I said, no, she said, so she sent in an urgent referral then to them, right? And then I got an appointment three weeks later with James's hospital. So, and then that's when he told me I had to do the cream. Of course. So what you had been diagnosed by being diagnosed, 
diagnosed with was precancerous, potentially cancerous cells. Yeah. You, if you don't treat them, you, they can go 10 years and then show up or they can turn up in six months as cancerous. Mm-hmm. So you, really you were one of the lucky ones um, because you pursued yeah. it as well. So you, at that point, he was going to treat them with a cream. And of course, it was this cream, which is very, very aggressive. Yeah. Is how I came to see you, was that you're going through the recovery of this. So tell us about this. It's a chemo this cream. One, this is my first time around. Or you, you didn't see this one. No. I blogged this one on Facebook on uh, Mags Morphe's Journey. Like, that was much worse the first time around. Even though it was only the three spots, he said, because of my history with this one, better off to do the whole face. So I thought he would have been able to just freeze those bits off. He said, I can, but you're just going to have to keep coming back because obviously under his light, he could see what's, what's coming up. No, and then I had to do the whole face. But it was probably three times as bad as I'd done it this time. Yeah, 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 I did. I watched your videos of that time today. Yeah. So, yeah, he said, you're going to hate me. Because I got the diagnosis in December and he said, wait till after Christmas, he said, because nobody's doing anything in January. So you'll just be sitting around, you know, nobody's going out, they've no money or anything, plus it's cold. So I started on the 1st of January. He said, you're going to hate me, and I hated the man's guts. So I had to do it for 28 days, but I only made it to day 24 because it was unbearable. Really? And tell me, when you were doing this, could you see where there was other keratosis that you hadn't been able to see, that hadn't manifested on the surface of your skin yet? Could you see them as the treatment was going on? Yeah, like I, I thought, like my forehead, I thought like that's where it's going to come up because my mom did it like. Okay. So she just ended up with patches around her. So I thought that's what's going to, was going to happen to me. Yeah. And I was actually amazed because like I'd say after, when I had those um, bits on my head, like I would have started wearing a cap when the sun was irritating them. Like what I never realized was the cap covers you as far as here, you know, just as far as the top of your nose. Mm-hmm. So the bottom of my face ended up coming out the worst because I wasn't protecting that. Mm-hmm. And you know, all around your nose where you sweat all the time, you'd be constantly doing this for yourself and, and not reapplying cream. Yeah. That's yeah. I couldn't actually believe how, how bad the bottom of my face came out that time. Yeah. This is the thing with it. And you know, like we spoke about um skin cancer is the fastest growing cancer, mostly amongst women, Caucasian women. And albeit that sun protection has been around a lot, let's say not so much in my childhood, but in this generation's childhood and even the, the one in between, um, yeah. it's still growing. And it is because of um, misunderstanding on how to apply sunscreen, misunderstanding on how sunscreen works. Would you have used sunscreen in your in your childhood? Would you have any? Do you know what? I have actually no knowledge of sun cream at all in my childhood. Like mm. I would have been using in my childhood, nothing like I would have been told like it was a sunny day, like take off that T-shirt, you know, get into your shorts and your vest and off you go. And yeah, um, when I was old enough to go to the beach by myself, sure, I would have been bringing baby oil. And at one stage, I remember going to the beach and um, my lunch was crackers and butter. And I uh, I rubbed the butter all over myself and I ate the crackers. <laughs> Needless to say, I came home with sunstroke. Five out of eight of us came home with sunstroke, actually. Before we even left Port Marnock, like getting on the bus, I think two of my friends collapsed on the bus. Your, your man was saying that, oh, look at those drinking. That's what we could hear other people saying, but it wasn't. It was yeah. sunstroke. You see, genetically as well, we're Northern European. We don't have the skin to protect ourselves in the sun, which is why you, a Celtic Irish girl, picked up and dropped off in Greece 
your skin had no means. You know, genetically, you, yeah. you weren't supposed to be there. And this is another reason why it's rising, because there's so much travel. And, um, you know, Caucasian, Celtic, fair-skinned people are traveling to Mediterranean sun and being exposed to so much more. Had you ever done sunbeds or anything like that? Yeah, I started sunbeds when I was about 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And I'd say I would eat at that stage, you would have done like a half an hour, 20 minutes or a half an hour session. Like 10 sessions was like a course. Yeah. So I probably would have done two courses yeah. before the summer started, you know, so I could get into my skirts and shorts. Like without, because even false tan wasn't a big thing then. It would have been that sun shimmer stuff, you know, that uh, totally. just dribbles off you. Yeah, yeah. And then I probably would have gone on holidays and then come back and done another course of it to, to keep the tan. Yeah. To keep the tan. I mean, and that's the way it was. And, you know, I have this motto, when you know better, you do better, you know. And we didn't know in the 90s, you know, we didn't know the damage that we were doing. And then you, some could say, because the thing is with skin cancer, the damage is done in the early years, but it doesn't actually yeah. manifest until we are much yeah. older, until um, the skin yeah. begins to break down. 40s, I think it comes out in then. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, it doesn't come out until you're in your 40s. But the thing is, I would go black, like, during... So I would have never said, you know, like I had friends and they would go to the beach, like when, because air bar was on the beach when we lived in Greece. Mm-hmm. So you spent your lunch hour, not your lunch hours, your time off would have been, you would have been meeting your friends, you know, everybody gathered on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I had friends and they were as white, they would go white, pink, white, white, pink, white, mm-hmm. all throughout the whole summer. Mm-hmm. Where I wasn't like that. Like I would go as dark as mahogany, I would have said. Yeah, yeah. Of course, saying that now, my face wouldn't have done that. The yeah. rest of my body would, yeah. Yeah. No matter how hard I tried to get my face brown, it wouldn't go brown. I know. And, you know, even even saying that, because, like, I can feel my t- my chest tightening, even no matter how hard I tried to get it brown. And, and yeah. because what, what that is, it's, it's, it's constantly stressing your skin. Because a tan, of course, is precancerous, you know. A tan is your skin trying to stop itself burning. And it's those repetitive burns that ultimately do go on to cause the skin cancer. Did it manifest anywhere else on your body or was it just the face? Um, this time around when I, I done that, that treatment three years ago, less than three years ago, I think it was. And then when I had to do it this time, like uh, when I found these on my face, I'd say it would have been... They would have been there like coming on about three months and only because I'm so skin aware after doing it before, like, and I knew it was the same thing. Like I had approached the doctor and I said to her, eh, that's acting keratose. She said, yes, it is. She said, I'll send in a referral. She said, seeing as you're already in the system, you shouldn't be too bad. She said, you probably get an appointment within a year. So a few weeks later, I got the appointment from uh, James's and it said August. So I just took, it was August this year, like, but then I was in the gym and I got a phone call with my husband and he said, uh, do you know when this appointment is for? I said, yeah, August. He said, well, yeah, it's August, 2022. And then I said, there's no way I'm going to do that cream again. I, I start, actually started crying. I found the girl, his assistant in James's. Mm. And I said, I'm already in the system and patients. So she said, well, uh, count yourself lucky. She said, some people are have three, four year appointments waiting this. So the thing on my head was, I had said to her, like, that's just going to put me back into the position I was in before and I'm going to have to do that cream again. Mm. I said, I don't want to do that. I actually had tears in my eyes because I just sort of pushed that away. Like, that's, that was over. The whole case was over. So the reason I went private was because I said I didn't want to do the cream again and I thought the doctor could just freeze off mm-hmm. the bits that had come back. Yeah. 
So again, it was time to see this one because it was during COVID then. And um, I'd got an appointment in March and I actually put that off. So she, they gave me another appointment in April and I was going to put that one off again. But then the one that appeared on my leg, like on the inside of my knee. And I knew that was different to the ones on my face. Now I would have just said that was a bit ahead of them. But this one was dead itchy. Like I was constantly rubbing that and it was sore. So I wasn't even going down about the ones about my face. I said, whatever about the ones on my face, I said, I, I want to get the one on my legs into so straight away then she says she brought me in. She was very nice uh, dermatologist. She brought me in the next day for a biopsy on that. And she, she gave me the cream for my face again because the face scars very easily. Like So to do the, the freezing off, she said you might be left with scars and especially with the one on top of my lip because the skin is so thin on that. So she just said it's better off if you do the cream. And because you're in COVID as well, you're isolating. So now is the best time to do it. So then it's, it's 250 to see her, okay? okay? And then for the next day for the biopsy, because it was in the hermitage, it would have been 400 euro for that. Because the HSE had taken over the hospitals. And she got me in the next day, I only had to pay 80 euro for that, which was great. You know what I mean? Because I know expenses a lot that it would put people off. If someone said to me, it's 400 euro to go on, I might have said, well, I have to get this fixed or that fixed, so I have to pay for this. You know, I would have put myself... Yeah. In in the back on the back yeah because on the back burner for it, but it was very nice of her. She saved me something like six hundred and forty euro because she done it in again when she was scraping it off to bring me in a second time, just before they ended. Mm -hmm. So I'd advise anybody to do spend pull back on something else. You know, yeah. don't get your nails done, don't get your hair done. Go if you're worried about something, go get it done. Pay that two fifty one time even just to put your mind at ease. Absolutely. And, you know, and to go early is so important as well, because, I mean, did they remove the one off your leg? The one off my leg, she said it was mostly on the surface. So she um, scraped it up. She scraped and burned it. Yeah, it's actually still quite sore there, like mm. where you would expect it would be on. She said it's not going to scar, but I, I can't imagine that now because I guess scars from the pimple. Yeah. Of course, you're one of the lucky ones now, Mags, because you're so aware and you're in the system like that as well. You have made contact with a dermatologist. But I'm just thinking of, you know, the person out there who may like that, have something that's itchy or something that's reoccurring, maybe slightly irregular, and it just thinks it's nothing. It's so important, that particularly when you think of the weight that you would have had. That was a two-year wait. It's so important, really, as soon as you notice anything. You know, in my clinic, I have often come down with a client and made an appointment. I would call the, the clinic and make the appointment. And I would say to them, listen, let me do it today because it's probably going to be, you know, eight, nine months or even longer, like you said. And by then, you know, you can decide if you, if it's gone, you don't want to go or whatever, but have that appointment made. That's really so very important because early detection is key. Yes, absolutely. Sure. And the way I would describe it is, um, you know, if someone has to have one of these cut out, not, not my stage, the next stage, like there's lots of different uh, skin cancers. But if you have to have a melanoma cut out, for, for a freckle size thing, you could end up with like seven or eight stitches in your face. Like it's it's very common area is your face. Very common. And what they have to do is they need a perimeter of healthy cells. So you have the cancer. Describe it is like if you're planting a plant, yeah. you need to go down deeper than the plant and you need the area around it. Exactly. So it's, it's just with you, like some of those photos that I put up on my posts, like 
you see the size of the scars for some of those little things within me. Absolutely. Like, did you, I don't know if you've seen the one, the girl, and she had um, three moles on her hand. Did you see that one? No. But she got a scar, and it was, I'd say it was six inches one way, six inches the other way, and six inches for three small moles. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like to have any of them cut off my face. Absolutely not. And when it comes to particularly melanoma, it's life-saving, so they won't stop. <laughs> they will cut away at whatever they yeah, have to, yeah, yeah. to do it. And, of course, a basal cell carcinoma is the same because it just eats away at the skin. You know, the longer you put it off. I know my own my own mom had two basal cells and my sister's had a melanoma removed from her leg. And yeah. my sister's particularly shocked me because obviously I'm very experienced with skin and um, I have seen skin cancers before. And I said to her, now obviously I said, definitely go to the doctor. But I said, you have nothing to be concerned about. There was nothing in yeah. it. I, and she had melanoma. It was melanoma. Yeah. Yeah. And so how I, much did I have to cut out then? You know, it, again, it was very, very early and it was the tiniest dot. So it was about the size of a two-year-old coin. See, even the tiniest dot will still give you a two-year-old oh, coin. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's on her leg, you know. But if that was on her face, it, it would be... Yeah, that would be, yeah. Like my mom's was her nose and it, she, her nose was left indented and it was on her lip and it, she had a scar all down here on her lip on her hairline. And lots of people, like, I know you can do the cream for a lot of them, but a lot of them, that cream can only go like sunglasses shape around your eyes, like, and you have to stay away from your lips, like, if you don't have to do your lips. Yeah. And because they, they, you can't put that cream in there, they have to go in with the knife to get it. And lots of people actually get it right at the top of the nose in on, under the eye, like, you'd mm-hmm. be amazed at it. And older people, like, nobody looks, you know, unless you have, you're older and you have a child searching your, your skin for them. But the amount of old people, like the amount of messages I've, I've got off people and they will be saying like, I was just watching this thing on my dad for years, like, and then seeing your post and seeing the pictures of it. And they were saying, now he's going in to get it cut off. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. And as we age, tinning hair on the head, sunroofs and cars are lethal. Out in the golf course, like, you know, dads can be, our mom's out in the golf course for four hours at a time. And that sun could be beating down on their hair. So that's why Doing the gardening, anything. Doing the garden. Staying out of, of high sun, 10 to 4, that too. Um, have you changed? Is there anything now that you are like, what, in what way has this changed you and changed your mindset? Oh, Karina, I love the sun. Like, I, I would have gone, like, if I knew it was going to be sunny out, mm. I would have got my gym in if I had to go later or earlier. Mostly it would be later because I know what time the sun comes around my garden. Mm-hmm. So I would have been getting that in, running into the shop, buying the stuff for dinner, get back here and I'd be out the back like for the, in time where the sun comes around to my hottest place in there. And now I'm doing the opposite. When the sun comes around there, I'm off to the shade. Like, I actually even had something built out the back just so I can sit in the shade. I love the sun. Yeah. I, I can't do it anymore. It's not worth it. Do you know what I mean? And there's so many good fake tans that there's, there's no need. There really is no need to do it. There's not. Absolutely not. Like you said, of course, there's so many amazing fake tans. I don't know why anyone yeah. would want. Actually, on that note, you have a campaign to ban sunbed use in Ireland. It's on your Instagram. There's a link to it to sign a petition. I mean, only on Saturday, I was in Pavilion's um, mags and I was popping, you know, my shopping in the bag and super value. And I said to the girl, I love your tan. And she's like, oh, thanks. You know, it's fake. She said I had to get rid of the sunbed in the house because of COVID. I nearly fell out of my standing. I was like, do people still use sunbeds? 
Yes, well, I remember looking at my neighbours, right, and um, I lived in a block of flats, and the next block of flats, you could see the yeah. the light, the UV lights, and I used to be so, I'm so jealous, I want to go up there, it was only those ones where you would lie on your bed, and it would use that half one, you know, that kind of way, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I knew, there was a girl that lived there, and to the last couple of years, I'd say 10 years ago, when she died of skin cancer, well, even up to her death, she was still, doing, she was absolutely black, but that's what she just used to do. Some beds, but they're, they're an addiction. A tannin is an addiction. You know, once you see yourself, it's it's lovely. Everybody looks lovely with a tan. Yeah. You know what I mean, you yeah. don't want to go through that half an hour of applying your tan. Yeah. And then as your skin deteriorates and becomes more and more unhealthy, I guess they feel it's really like makeup for the tan. Yeah. The skincare line that we work with in, in the salon that I have worked with most of my career is called Environ Skincare. And that was created by a doctor in South Africa after he lost two very young patients in their early 20s to melanoma. He wanted to come up with a way like you like it imagined where you are now he was so frustrated and he wanted to come up with some way of preventing skin cancer and what he realized was that when is the skin becomes the skin cell becomes deficient in vitamin a it becomes unhealthy and it becomes basically precancerous the more deficient in vitamin a so you have a vitamin a supply in your cell the sun comes along each day and depletes it and then as the skin kind of it shrivels up, its vitamin A receptors turn in on itself and the skin is just trying to survive. The cell is trying to survive as best it could with depleted levels of vitamin A. So he realized that working with vitamin A or reapplying vitamin A in very low doses because vitamin A is a skin irritant. It's like refilling the cup. So every morning and every night I apply vitamin A. I have worked my way up from very low levels as a lot of my clients to high levels and what's that doing is undoing the damage that the sun is doing that day now obviously we use spf as well but in in working with vitamin a back in the 80s or initially what he then seen was how skin started to look really 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 healthy and then in a way it became anti-aging because you obviously look more youthful with much more healthy skin so that's the range i work with it's a anti-skin cancer line it's an absolute advocate of skin health it's I mean, we change lives every day because now, of course, we use vitamin A or retinoids to treat dry skin conditions and acne, problem skin. And of course, now vitamin A, you hear it everywhere. You hear the word retinol everywhere, retinoid everywhere. But that's exactly what's happening each day. The sun is depleting the vitamin A, which skin needs to be healthy within the cell. So it's kind of drying it up. The skin is then succumbing to precancers. So can I just talk about something with you? Um, UVA. Mm-hmm. is huge and nobody nobody is educated in uva do you yeah. know what i mean they, they do not know what uva and uvb is for and i think if people were more educated on that like mm-hmm. as you go and learn your abcs you should be learning your uva and your uvbs mm-hmm. because like if you think of it in this country how much this is the biggest. Ireland is one of the biggest. It is. It's the biggest. Like there's Australia and then Ireland for skin cancer. Okay, and only if you put them on power population, we win. Yeah. So if you think of the weather that they have, mm-hmm. and they don't even have the knowledge of that, they're not. They're not doing the protections they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's our little country, and we're beating them in skin cancer. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's ten thousand new cases every single year. I mean, loads of people like see when I put up that UVA index for, for looking at that like like I didn't even know that until until I done my first round of treatment like yeah. last year I was given um, sun safe 
talks to building sites because now they have to have that because men are rotten for using sun cream. Yeah. So what they have to do now is protect themselves against insurance claims, you know, because people are claiming that they got cancer while working on this building site and that building site. But uh, the man you'll come across, like, and you say, like, do you use sun cream? They'll say, yeah, I do. I'll say, when, when do you use it? On the holidays. No. Well, UVA is the biggest cause of, of skin cancer yeah. because we can't see what's coming through the cloud. Yeah. And every day, I'm sure now if we actually went onto a phone now and looked at the index, I'm sure it would be on three or four. Yeah. You know, but people don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, SPF doesn't protect from UVA, only UVB. It has, yeah, to, no, it has to have UVA, UVB yeah. or broad spectrum on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, they don't know that either. Mm-hmm. And there is no protection in anything under 15. And 15 is a very mild protection too, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, like the likes of when you go and you get um, oil on your holidays, you, you'll go your holidays and then I'm sure you've done it too. You'll do your two-week holiday and then for your last few days, the oil is coming in and you're lashing on the oil and there's no protection in your oil. No. You may not be born in, but you're still doing the same damage to your skin. Absolutely, yeah. Like it's mad. I'm actually beginning to think I'm actually so freaky. I'm like, I will, people will come in here to me to get their lashes done and while they're lying there relaxing with their eyes closed, I'm checking their face. I'm talking to people in the gym and I'm saying, what's that in your face? How long have you got that? Like, yeah. I'm like the SPF the least. If I see somebody with a tan, I'm like, where'd you get that? Where'd you do that? That's bad for you. No, a whole lecture for everybody. You need to here's my run. Yeah. <laughs> you find that girl. Absolutely. And it is, it's so important, you know, it, it really is so important because it is the only way, the only way we can protect ourselves is education. It is, yeah. Not even really should yeah, there's not the magic wand that people no. think it is, you know. And then people forget their eyes and all, you know, with sunglasses, you, you still can burn your eyes. How do you go into, like, the sea or into a pool and it come out and then it's gone? Or like you yeah. said, you sweat, you wipe it off. Reflecting off the water, anybody going fishing or anything, they still have the hat and they have their jingle knob, but it's still reflecting off the water and hitting them. Yeah. Same with the kids in the pool, you know, you'll see the kids, they always have their face, little faces burnt across there. Absolutely. Yeah, I know kids have little shits for... Um, for sun cream, like I know my own daughter, I'd put it on her and I'd see her walking off, like trying to rub the stuff off, you know, and then it'd be, get out of the pool till I put some more on you. No, I'll be out in five minutes, I'll be in five minutes. What I say is book all their activities for peak sun. Get them into the kids club from 10 till four. Let them in the pool from four o'clock on when sun is down, you know. Yeah, and it's a lovely time to actually go in the pool in the evening time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. After everybody comes up from the beach, shake it in there. Yeah. It's, it's a lovely time. Yeah, yeah, our early morning, and then as soon as the, the sun is up high, back in and do your activities. Then, yeah, see, when I was living in Greece, I couldn't tell, I didn't need a watch, I could tell by like people used to come over because it was an Irish bar, like we would say the same people, same time, you you know, you're in your room, and you could tell the time by people, like they would get up, go down the beach at nine o'clock, right, stay down there till half one, come back up for an hour, have lunch and a pint, back down again, half five back up and then they go up to the pool and lie around for the rest of it like it was like it's almost like a job when some people go on holidays yeah to get that time to get as dark as they can possibly get i know but you can just go and relax on your holidays you don't have to be black no sit in the shade get a good book and you know stay in the bar have your lunch and your dinner you do it all in the shade so mind your book 
get a cocktail in the shade, Karina. <laughs> exactly. Convince <laughs> me. And um, I said, don't leave without talking about your weightlifting because it's another thing. I, I don't think there's enough of us women. That's one thing that we spoke about. I too am a great advocate for weightlifting and the benefit uh, benefits it has to your health as well as your mental health and your physical strength and all the rest. So you, you're in incredible shape. I am in awe when I look at your page. Uh, it's bodybuilding. Love oh, it. I, got, I was always into fitness, like, and then about mm, 20, what was it? about four, five years ago, I was getting my lashes done by this girl, and we were just talking about the gym, because gym's only across the road. And I was saying, like, because I never get sore after workouts. Yeah. And she said, um, my boyfriend would make you sore. <laughs> she said, I said, set up a workout. And he did, still didn't make me sore. Like, well, he's now my coach. But he's a bodybuilder, so we just start like uh, I think it was eight weeks to, to a show. And I said, "You think I could do it?" And he said, uh, "We'll go for it." So we just done it, and then once you do it, you're addicted. I was only planning on doing one show. But I love it. Like my the most important thing to me is the gym. Like, and they they even know it in my house. Like the nothing stops me going. Really, that's yeah. incredible willpower, even the diet and everything that it takes to get in that kind of shape. Yeah, we see it's it's quite good because I would eat five or six times a day. Mm-hmm. Now I was never never hungry, never like I've seen some people get diets and they're like uh, no carbs for a day. Mine is never like that. I'm I'm lucky that uh, carbs are not my they don't go against me. Like okay, so I've even asked him would he put me on one of those diets because I wanted the challenge of being yeah. hungry. Like sometimes he gives me a diet and I was like, oh, I can't like five meals a day, five proper big meals a day. And I'd be like, I can't eat this. Once you start eating them all the time, he's that waking up hungry. That's when you know your metabolism has kicked in. Like right. it's just clean, boring eating, let's say. Well, I've just become like now I'll make them at home. I'll make my family a dinner and say they'll have something fancy and I'll be still eating my chicken and rice and because I prefer to feel that way because the meals are so proportioned that they're not small but I never feel like getting sick after me I never overeat on the meal you know that kind of way and I think that's what a lot of people do is if they're not stuffed at the end of a meal they feel like they haven't had proper food and then that's when they go to the kitchen and get their their treats and cup of tea and a biscuit after after dinner like it's the biggest mistake yeah yeah Brilliant. You wouldn't have to do a big diet, would you? You look great and it's how it makes you feel as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Like I am so body confident. It's it's unreal. No, yeah. I'm not saying bragging about it, but I just that's one of my traits now is I don't have a problem with my body. Yeah. Like when I was a kid and I had bigger toys than all my friends, I always wanted skinny toys. And now my object is to grow my toys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's You'd, you'd love to go back to your younger self and say, stop that. It's yeah. okay. You're not bad. You'll be all right when you get out. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I love that. What's next, Max, for you with regards to your skin? You're finished this treatment. Is it just you keep that relationship with your dermatologist and in the future you may need to do it again, you may not? Um, I have to go back to her in three months and then I think I will get a yearly visit to her just to check it. Plus, I'm skin aware, so I, I would know if anything comes that I can, I can get to her like... Some protection every day. Where's the the factor? Yeah. Like every single day, just part of your day, put it in there. Yeah, sunscreens are so beautiful. Now we work with physical sunscreens, zinc oxide, and um, it's it's non-chemical. It sits on your skin, reflects light, and it's absolutely beautiful. A lot of them are tinted as well. They work so well with the skin. It's not like what it was years ago when it was like pseudocreme. Oh, it was like pseudocreme plopping on your body. That's why people... 
they haven't gone back. You know, they'll have tried some black like years ago and won't have tried it again because I, they say I don't like the way that feels. it doesn't sink into your skin or anything like that. But there's, there's gels and stuff you can get. The only thing with the gels is uh, you can't really see exactly where you're putting them, you know, that kind of way. Like I gave my daughter one to put on and she burnt a bit of her face because she's, that's what the excuse she gave us because I couldn't really see where I was putting it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, they're definitely not like the way years ago. Same with the tans. You don't smell a biscuit for two days. Like I remember putting them on and you could smell, as soon as you started heating up, you could smell the tan coming up. Yeah. I love fake tan. Like I have one day a week without fake tan. Yeah. That's when I, I give myself the scrub Actually, and the I shave. I must send you some. Have you ever tried Lusotan? I must send you some Lusotan. It's a tan. No, you, you sent me that little one and it was lovely. Oh my God, I did too. Yeah. I sent you, of course, I sent you our summer um, subscription skincare box and I love it. And I love that you love the Germain de Cappuccini oil. It's a stunning hair oil, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There it is. Look. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for future demos and the shower gel is beautiful the shower gel smells of a sun holiday oh it's gorgeous I hide that so nobody else they'll be in there putting the blobs on like they're just a little blob to make sure my whole body gets <laughs> brilliant Mags it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you so much for your time and more so thank you for all you have done three years ago and again this period and I wish you continued good health and healthy skin for the future. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Skin Deep by Karina Tolan. It was so important for me to have uh, Mags Murphy join me on an episode on my podcast. I have been an advocate for skin cancer awareness since the very beginning of my career and I have dedicated most of my career to working with environmental skincare, which of course is a cosmetic formulation born out of, if you wish, a doctor who had lost two young patients to skin cancer. So born out of a passion really for saving lives. And everything I do daily is about the prevention of skin cancer and precancerous skin cells. Skin cancer is of course the fastest growing cancer that there is, particularly amongst white women. And even with the uptake of use of SPF over the last 15-20 years it's still continuing to grow and this is so concerning and I genuinely believe that this is because of lack of education when it comes to applying sunscreen and protecting our skin from the sun so it's so important for me that I bring as much awareness to this as possible. I have for the last 15 years gone to our local schools and educated what I consider to be the future mums and dads on skin cancer in a hope of raising awareness and of course education because knowledge is power. Um, I do so regularly on my on my um, social media platforms too but I do believe what Max has done with the many many thousands of people who viewed her stories I think what she has done in the last few weeks has completely eclipsed that and that's all it takes you know, to save lives and it's really important that we do so. So remember to apply your sunscreen, to apply it regularly. There's no sunscreen that has the ability to protect you for hours on end. You must reapply, stay out of high sun and cover your skin as well and be mindful of keeping low chemical content in your SPS as well. Look for SPS with physical screens like um, zinc oxide, titanium um, oxide too. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please do rate, review, subscribe, give me some feedback because it's only that feedback that will teach me what it is that you want to hear on Skin Deep by Karina Tolan. 
Um, I will catch up with you soon. We have many more guests coming our way and I am excited to keep going and pushing forward. And as long as you guys are listening, I'll keep creating. Take care until next time. Mm-hmm.